Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Off the Bench podcast. You're in for a treat today because my friend, author and speaker, Rachel Carmen, is joining me to talk about something that I think needs to get a little more press in the evangelical community as it relates to mothering. That is the season of the empty nest. Rachel's a homeschool mom of six, and all of her kids have flown the nest, and she's here to give us some encouragement today. And if that's you, if you're a mom with young children, or maybe you're at the jumping off place, this show's going to be for you. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So Rachel, welcome back to the show. From I haven't seen you in 100 years. Well, it does feel like 100 years. I know we haven't seen each other in about 1,000 years, but yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> they say a day is as 1,000 years to the Lord, but it does feel like 1,000 years. <laughs> it like does. There's a lot of water under the bridge between what you've been through and what we've gone through. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's really true. I was thinking back uh, a couple weeks ago when I asked if you could come on the show to the first time I met you, and I was trying to think how old our kids were. Do you remember? I know that you had a baby. Yeah. I don't. Were you? I was of course, thinking, I, I always had a baby, so I, well, that's deep. how I felt. But I think, <laughs> I think, I can't remember if you were nursing sailor or not. But yeah. she was little when I little first tiny, met you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's thirteen now. How's so that possible? I know. That's so you crazy. had all of your kids at home. Okay, so first of yeah. all, there's a lot of new people to the show who okay. maybe never heard okay. you on my show before. So let's talk all things Rachel Carmen for a second. Okay. Tell everybody a little bit about you and your tribe, because you have a tribe like me. I, I have a tribe like you. We both have tribes. Um, <laughs> so I am, I was telling an audience just this last weekend that if Lewis was Europe's most reluctant convert, <laughs> I was the most reluctant homeschool mom. I mean, there, <laughs> there needs to be a prize for that, and I get it. Um so yeah, I we had our one our first son and my husband and I really thought, you know, this is great. You're a firstborn, I'm a firstborn. We just gave birth to our firstborn and there are four corners in the house. There's one extra. We're going to be great and we're not going to have any more. This is going to be awesome. Um, I mean, that's how bad it was, right? Yeah, and then we yeah. felt like, you know, that's kind of cruel. We should probably give him someone to play with. And so we had our second son and um, then... In the course of three moves in three years, which I do not recommend to anyone, no. I ended up pregnant again. And then <laughs> we were sure relief. we were done. I know, right? Something like that. Um, <laughs> not that I know anything about that. Not you know anything um, about that. So then everybody thought we had the perfect family because we had two sons and a daughter. And then the Holy Spirit of the Mighty God invaded in a whole different way in my life. I have gone to church my whole life. My dad was a minister my whole life. So I've been in church three times every week. And, you know, on the weekend, anything that was going on, we were there. So it's not like I didn't know God. It's not like I didn't want to honor him. But I really did not live with him in the pilot seat. I sort of lived with him in first class, you know, like I'll, I'll let you know if I need you kind of thing, but mm -hmm. I'm in charge of my life. And we had this this moment, um, putting our first son in kindergarten, which P.S. I was so happy about. I was so <laughs> glad that he was getting on a bus and going to be away from me for eight luxurious hours of the day. I was That's so right. happy. Get a shower in relative peace. Oh my goodness. I just thought <laughs> I had hit the goal mine. Yes. And we had two successive days of nutty. The first day he was put on no bus 
um, when he was supposed to be put on the bus home. And the second day he was put on the wrong bus. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. I mean, seriously. And I have long said, I'm so grateful that my rash little boy didn't get off the bus. I still think a band of angels sat in his lap and kept him on the bus because other he just it would have been perfectly in keeping with his character for him to just get off, right? <laughs> but he didn't. But I I knew then, I know now that God was like, "Are you paying attention to me yet?" I mean, I've been yeah. trying to talk to you about this for a while now. Are you? <laughs> do I have your attention? And uh, that was the beginning of our homeschool journey. And our homeschool journey also triggered this whole more kid thing. So we had three and then we had four more, um, (laughs) which I'm so grateful for. So we have a family of seven, uh, now 32 to 21, which seems impossible. Um, And we have seven grandkids and two more on the way in the new year. So we graduated our youngest two years ago. So we homeschooled for 26 years. I think you have us beat on the total number of years though. How many years have you been in this? A long time. Each coming up on 27, but it's because there's such a a big gap sure. between my youngest. So sure. I was, I'm totally, cause we have seven too. And our oldest is right. also 32. See, but then, yeah. you know, sailor. Yeah. <laughs> so she's the, she was the, the little, she's the little caboose blessing that yeah. we got. Who's now 13. I can't believe that. No, I can't believe that. No. Yeah. But I, I recall when I, when you and I would you know, when we first started talking and became friends, we were both in really chaotic seasons of our life. Yeah. Because, you know, full on homeschooling and lots of kid wrangling and uh, and all the things. And you guys were starting a business and Jay and I were kind of uh, doing first class and doing homeschool mm-hmm. co-ops and that kind of thing. And life was really busy and we could just never, ever fathom what it might be like, because I think when you're a homeschool mom, your life is so about your children, which is the, which is right. Right. It's right. But then when they start leaving, uh, I think I remember talking to you on the phone when Savannah got married Yeah, and like the day, cause she's coming up on what, 12 years or something like she's been married for quite a while now. Yeah. And when she got married, I remember talking on the phone going, I don't actually know if I'm going to survive this because it's such a, it's such a jolt to the family uh, culture that you've spent a lifetime, you know, feathering your nest and yeah. uh, and nurturing these these children, and then they grow to be an adult, and then one by one, I mean, I always tell parents, and your kids are really close together. I said, buckle up because they leave your house as fast as they come in. Yeah, and I've always said I really like addition better than subtraction. Yes, you know, I addition was. It was hard, but it was easier than this. I mean, I, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the objective of what we do, right? That we're raising good, responsible humans, right? That are going to go out into the world and change it for the glory of God. I mean, that's what we set out to do, right? And, and we hope that they do it with enthusiasm and passion and follow hard after him and, and dare to lean into him and trust him, all of those things, right? But it, man, I don't know that anything, people tried to warn me. And I think Mm -hmm. it's probably just that, you know, we'll try to warn people today too, and they won't listen to us either. Probably. um, (laughs) People were like, it's going to be harder than you can imagine. And I, I don't know. It just, 
it's, it's really hard. And they need you in different ways when they leave. Mm-hmm. Have you found that to be true? Yes. I, I think in some ways they need you more. And, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's the it's the labor and, and and then the really hard thing is is they need you more but everything is out of your control. Everything. So when they're little, you can be like, Oh hey honey, no, you're not doing that. Oh hey, it's it's seven o'clock, you guys need to come in for the evening. It's too dark, yeah. I can't see you. Yeah. You know, did you guys get your breakfast? Did you get your coat? Oh hey, it's cold out there. Don't forget it but now it's the same thing, only the stakes are much, much higher. And you literally have no control, and you realize that any control you thought you had was just an illusion in the first place because, you know. Ain't that the truth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's just the Lord. And I think I don't hear very many mothers like you and I, seasoned moms, talking about the empty nest and sort of how to prepare your heart for it yeah. and and why it's so important that you lean into the season that God gives you of having little ones at home. Because I, I always tell people, don't blink because you'll miss it, right? It's uh, true. It, when you're in the middle of it, it's so intense. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like it's more intense, but just in the on your knees kind of way, you know? Yeah. Davis read a statistic the other day that kind of startled me. You may have already heard this, but he said that... Um, of all the time you will ever spend with your children, you spend with your children before they're 18. Yeah, I think that's true. I didn't like that, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa, really? I mean, but I mean, if you're a young mom, you need to like put that on your wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to really, really lean into this time with your kids. And I can tell you, you know, we had seven, we were at home, we did the things, you know, we, the way I planned out my week all those years ago, I had the luxury of doing one out day, right? And so we were, we were dug in four days a week. Yeah. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was the out day, Thursday, Friday, we were dug in. And I wouldn't change that for anything. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the younger kids didn't get as much of the dug in as the older kids That's did. That's absolutely true. Your life changes. It, changes. it totally yeah. changes. And you yeah. have to just, it was such a rich time for the older ones, right? But it had to change yeah. for the younger ones when the older ones got older, because there came a time for the older ones to go that couldn't be ignored, which meant, guess what? The younger ones are going with them. And so- yeah. And that's the kind of thing you just have to trust God with. You just have to trust God that he knew who needed you what. Because I'm going to tell you, and I know you know this, but the enemy would never, can never run out of ways to try to discourage me or or capture me or oppress me with regret. I mean, there's just too many things, you know, like in the words of David, my sin is ever before me, you know, Mm -hmm. all of the things that we didn't do perfect or great or at all. You know, that's, it's important to mention there were many things we didn't do at all. At all. Me too. Um, you know, <laughs> well, you can't do um, it all. You, because you can't. Yeah. And so you really have to be able to rest in the arms of Jesus because it, the enemy tries and works overtime to try to convince you that those are all your failure points. And I would suggest that a lot of the things we didn't do at all are actually our success points. Because there wasn't time, um, there weren't resources, it wasn't necessary, you know, yeah. I mean, and so you really have to lean in and trust him in a very different, but as significant way when they are launched as opposed to when they're home. 
Hi, Phil Gunger here, and I am looking forward to coming out to Firmly Planted Families Couples Comedy Weekend, February 16th and 17th, where I'll be bringing the Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event. Now, you may be asking yourself, why should I go to an event like this? Well, because if you want to have a good marriage, and most of you that are married want to have a good marriage, you only get to a good marriage on purpose. In other words, you actually have to work on it. It's not just something that magically happens, okay? Now, again, this isn't a laugh your way to out of an awful, awful marriage or things are going off. This isn't like intense counseling, okay? This is laugh your way to a better marriage. So I suppose if you think that your marriage could never be any better, then you don't have to come to the event. But if you want to have a better marriage, come on out. We'll laugh. We'll learn together. Again, look forward to seeing you guys February 16th and 17th. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah. I'm curious how your younger ones um, started to react when the older ones started to leave home. When you're, how you're the, the younger siblings responded, um, about year, maybe two years ago, I was driving Sailor to church and it was just me and Sailor in the car, you know? I mean, yeah. there was so many years and it was just, it was Jay and I and all seven of the kids. And this is how we did life. I mean, when I met you, I was out in a motorhome, you know, traveling with our yeah. kids and all the things. Well, now the motorhome's sitting empty and we're going to have to sell it. And I know uh, uh, Todd and Debbie and I lament this a lot too, just how quickly yeah. uh, it went by. But I'm driving to church with Sailor and, and I just mean Sailor in the car because her dad's on the worship team and all the kids are, you know, they're either at church or they've, uh, or they're somewhere else. And she just, just casually said, you know what the worst thing is about being the youngest? And I was like, no, honey, what is it? And she said, everyone leaves you behind. It is. It is. So and true. I just started crying. I was like, oh, I said, sailor, you know, I don't even I said, yeah, but look at you. You're getting more of me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there really is no. Um, and no I think consolation. There's no consolation. And I think I have consoled myself before. And I think you and I have talked about this on the phone, you know, through our own just just tears of trying to just grapple with the fact that that's the season is go over. Yeah. But to say, I think if you sorrow in it, I think if you grieve it, you did it right. Oh, I, I agree. I totally you know? agree. Yeah. I remember when I think it's when we took, um, Savannah Ann, uh, to college. So she was in New York city and I remember we had everything packed up. She worst. wasn't going to New York City. We, she was going to her gap year program, which was before New York. But we took her and her just older brother successive weekends to their places of learning, which I look, I need to write the list of all the things that I'm going to say, don't ever do this. Right? Yeah, right. It was out of my control. I couldn't control when they had to go. And it happened to be yeah. in successive weekends. And I remember uh, one of the two youngest I had to go back inside after everybody was in the car. And one of the two youngest came running into the house and he said, mom, tell her she can't go. Please yeah. tell her she can't go. I still, yeah. I still 
when I think about that and how passionately he was just like, no, 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 tell her she can't go. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, yeah. it's rough. It's rough being on the end. I, and even now, you know, the older ones, when they had things, we all went. Mm-hmm. We all went. We all went and cheered them on. We all took them. We all moved them in. I remember one of my son's moved into a high rise that was 17. He was on the 17th floor. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. So all of his six siblings and me and his father carried his stuff up 17 flights of, or however many flights of stairs that would have been to the 17th floor because the elevator was out of service. And we did it because that's what you do, right? Right, right. When we moved him in, it was him and me and Davis. Yeah. Yep, I hear you. It ain't the same. No. And it's, you know, how do you, I mean, I, where I am, and I've said this before, I feel sometimes plagued by a perspective in that I, I feel like I can see, and I don't mean this in any way, in any way, um, as any kind of an omniscient, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, I bet. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like we have different gifts and I do feel like I have a tendency to be able to see and go, Oh, but look, God is doing X, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet I, I mean, I'm 57, my what 19 year old is like, oh, you know, and I get that. But if in the sovereignty of God, you're number seven, it's because God knew you were going to be number seven and God mm-hmm. has, he has something different for you and something unique for you and something good and rich and true and beautiful for you. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It was hard being first. And so I, but that's the mother position, right? I, as a mother, you see both ends, you celebrate this end and you mourn this end. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the hard parts that I discovered that nobody told me about, um, was I had to find a way to make time for my own mourning and grieving, Mm -hmm when we took someone or moved someone into a new apartment yeah, because between holding them and their fears of the newness and then mourning with the younger siblings, I had to find time for my own mourning and my own grieving. Mm-hmm. And, and early on with the first few kids, it just kind of snuck up on me and slapped me in the face. And I was like, Whoa, I haven't, I haven't taken time for this and I need to take time for this, but it's hard to be between the excitement and the sad mm-hmm. of those two. Mm-hmm. It is. And I, I wish that, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think people tried to tell us and we just didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm uh, sure that's true. I can remember, you know, being in the grocery store with all of my kids. I think, um, you know, I probably had a baby strapped to the front of me and somebody <laughs> in the in the grocery cart and somebody tethered to the cart and yep. the whole thing. And I was sending the couple of older ones like, okay, you go off and get a couple loaves yep. of bread oh, and you yeah. go over here. Like we're like divide and conquer. Yeah. And I give the instructions to all these children and I come around the corner and I'm kind of sweating, trying to keep it all together. And this, this older woman who I guess that's me now, cause I'm in my mid fifties, right? There this older go. woman uh, says, Oh honey, just enjoy it. And I wanted to punch her in the nose. Like <laughs> you enjoy it. Like yeah, I am right. not, I am not having fun right now. Like I just want to go home and get a shower by myself. And yeah. what's weird now is that we, we come home at the end of a day and a lot of times sailors with her older siblings, you know, because oh, one wow. of the blessings I think of my life 
and the Lord's been good to us this way is a lot of our kids are involved in our ministry still. So Savannah, our oldest daughter, she runs the seedlings program here. So I see her and the four grandkids all the time. Sierra's going to have a baby. I don't know if you saw that. No, um, that's so exciting. Yeah, so Sierra and Jake uh, are here, and so then they take Sailor a lot, you know. So mm-hmm. they might Sailor might go home to play with her her nephews or something, and then Jay and I will go home, and it's quiet. Yeah, and it's so weird. We're like, is what weird. is happening? <laughs> it like, is weird. You know, when it you're used weird. to making a vat of chili for you know nine people, I'm still guilty of making the I vat do. of chili. I mean, Me I just too. have to tell you. I mean, I'm supposed to be able to cook for two, and I, yeah. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do that. I've still got to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just there's it's there's so much transition, and you're right. It happens so fast. Yeah, so fast. Yeah. And yeah, and yet I'm there's so much to be grateful for. I mm-hmm. mean, um, I'm so grateful for all the time that we invested all those years because of all the text messages and all the phone calls back. Mom, what do you think about this? Or yeah. mom. I just blew it. Or mom, you won't believe the good news I got today. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that is the outplay of the input over all the years. You know, mm-hmm. all of the conversations, the very instant, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. I think that that is the relationship that we poured into even. Mm-hmm. And ours is very different from yours. So um, we have... Let's see, two in Ohio, two in D.C., one in Atlanta, one in uh, Tennessee, and one close by because she's working on a master's program. But by and large, we're really spread out. Yeah. And so um, when we get to, you know, our Thanksgiving's our big holiday when everybody comes home. But otherwise, Davis and I spend a fair amount of time on the road going to see everybody, Yeah. Um, which is a blessing. Um but it, it is a very different place to be mm. um, when, and again, I'm so grateful that the walls of my house echo with laughter and the pitter-patter of little feet. Mm-hmm. Um, read alouds. I mean, I can still see my kids in my house. Mm-hmm. I can remember moments in my house, and I'm very grateful for those. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that comes from all of those years of investment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if you didn't, you know, if if you if you hadn't done that, you'd be grieving in a different way. You know, and we we talk oh, yeah. about um you know how the devil likes to just smack you upside the head. Um but I do think that you know, we're not filled with the sting of regret that no. we didn't disciple our kids or we left it to somebody else and now they're gone but you didn't even get those years. You got all those years. Right. We got all of those years with the, with the kids and, uh, it just, I, I, I think that, um, acknowledging that it hurts is really important because there are a lot of moms that listen to this that are our age that yeah. are like, why is nobody talking about this? You know, yeah. um, I, w- I'm curious. So Steve Lambert, you and I both know the Lamberts yeah. and Steve said yeah. something to me years ago, which really helped me. And I think it has helped you too, as I watched you and your own, right? Because you're speaking and writing and doing a lot of the same things that I do. Um, Steve said that he had encouraged his wife when their youngest child was entering high school to find something else besides homeschooling, mm-hmm. right? Cultivate a, a cultivate a passion, you know, 
do something, a hobby, something Mm -hmm. that gets you either out of the house or focus on something else that you would like to do so that when the kids leave the home, you don't trip and fall and stumble into this next season. And I think that that was, that was wisdom. Like I am so Mm -hmm. busy in my own, it doesn't stop the grieving, you know, Yeah. but I think it does help a little bit. Yeah. What has your experience been like? Talk to the mom who's at the jumping off place or the mom who's got like kids who are in junior high right now and she can Mm. sort of see it, but can't really see it. What are, what are some things that you think might help get her ready for that point? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, it's funny. I think we just should encourage all of them to run for Congress like you did. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the ultimate thing where we could do. We could take back America and all of you that have kids entering high school. We're just going to run for Congress. That is not a bad idea. You know, I don't yeah. think that's a bad idea at all. I don't think that's a bad idea. No, let's do yeah, it. No. Yeah, we need to do something. And I do think that that's great advice. I wouldn't say that I got that when I should have gotten it, um, which would have been really helpful. Um, you mean to start a little bit earlier? Yeah, I would. it would have been good to really start earlier. And I think the thing that I've learned is... Your kids, when you do this, and I'm going to say when you do this well, because let's just agree, uh, no, you would agree, you can do this badly. 100%. So, but if you do this well, you have a relationship with your children and your children sense the grief that you're, that you're feeling when they leave too. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I am not a proponent of making your kids feel guilty ever. I want my kids to go and step Mm -hmm. into all that God has planned for them. I, and that's not to deny that I, that I miss them. That's not healthy either. I think what you're saying is it's good on both sides. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you. I love you. I love you. Right. Um, from one of my boys just yesterday, I think it is because I'm really missing home right now. Mm -hmm. I love you too, buddy, you know, but not, why don't you come home? Why don't you just quit the joint and come home? But, um, (laughs) But your kids, what I did not realize is what you're talking about, your kids need you to do. And so I think I kind of did my initial thing accidentally. And that is I um, planted a butterfly garden, which may sound like a really tiny thing to some people. Um, But it was outside's always been my go to. And so it's a pretty big butterfly garden, actually. And I really got into that. And it was really great because I did that when my youngest two were still at home. And so they were sort of a part of planning it and putting it in. And they were there. We raised the first few years of Monarchs. And so that gave us that touch point, you know, after they launched and went to college. Well, how many did you brew? You know, how, how, what size was your brood this year? You know, and we could talk about that. And then as They've all gone stepping into a whole nother thing, you know, all these other projects that are opening up. And so that my kids don't think of mom as sitting at home pining away, like she has nothing to do, but, you know, maybe come and visit me again. But mom's got her own thing going. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I did an event last weekend, you know, and I can email the kids and say, I'm stepping into an event. I'd really appreciate your prayers. And I think that's really good for them to know that, you know, I have a life and I'm doing things and I'm pursuing what God has planned for me. I think that's very important for your kids to see. Yeah. It sounds like you got the memo before me and that whole Congress thing. But yeah, I think that, <laughs> um, I mean, that's a pretty bold move, you know, oh, somebody's in high school, I'm going to run for Congress. But um, I think that that's what your kids need. I think it gives them a lot of solace. And I think it's really good for you too to, to really find, to seek God, you know, what, I mean, so I might, I'm going to tell this story really briefly, but so Davis and I went on a big camping trip after we launched our, um, our last, like we dropped him off at his program. And then we went to the Smoky Mountains, which I highly recommend. Um, and when we we're, we're introverts, you're an extrovert. I'm an introvert. No, I'm actually more of an introvert. I think. Are you more of an introvert now? I, yeah. I mean, I've discovered, I was just talking about this on a show a couple of weeks ago. I have discovered, I mean, I love people, but I recharge alone. Like yeah. if I'm yeah, going to yeah. get my strength back, it's going to be in quiet. And okay. I think that's probably more true as I've gotten older, but it's certainly true. And because we work here at Firmly Planted and because there's mm-hmm. so many people in my life all the time mm-hmm. and because I ran for Congress, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Don't definitely- do anybody in, yeah. I definitely am much more, I, it doesn't, it hasn't changed my love for people, yeah. but if you're talking about recharging, I definitely yeah. recharge better yeah. alone yeah. or in some quiet, you know? Yeah, people don't usually believe that of you and me because we can take the stage with such confidence and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that has always been true for me is mm-hmm. that um, I'm an introvert. And so Davis and I, you know, we just dropped our last son off. We are ready for some recharge time. Yeah. And we went um, camping and then there was this, um, at the campsite we were at, there was this bonfire place. There were two of them. And one of them was surrounded by people. And we're like, nah, we're not going to do that one. Because <laughs> the other one didn't have anybody. So we went to the one that didn't have anybody. And just before we get there, another couple sits down. And we're like, ugh. Uh. Um, but we went anyway. And so we go over there. We're just thinking, okay, you know what? We can say hello and we can sit far away and it'll be fine. I'm here to tell you, Heidi, this was <laughs> a God moment for us. I love it. We sat down with these two people and we started and okay, so it's twilight, so you can't really see very clearly, but we were watching them walk over, right? And we started talking to them and we're thinking we're about the same age. And I just want to tell you, I don't feel as old as I know I am. I mean, I go to Sunday school sometimes and want to know why all the gray hair people are in the room, right? Because I didn't. I can't possibly belong to this group. And um, I just about decked a guy at the checkout the other day who asked me if I wanted my senior citizen. Jay got Jay got the Jay was at Lowe's, I think, last week. And they were like, you don't look like it at all. Yeah, okay. But might you be over whatever, 55? Yeah, no, you know what? I told the teenager on the other side of the register, I said, you never do that again. Ever. I think I terrified him. I, I probably did terrify him. And I said, if there is a woman yeah. who wants her senior citizen discount, she'll tell she will you. tell you, you do not ask her. I said, I am being kind to you by not removing your head from your shoulders, but you need to never do that again. Anyway, so we're talking to these people and they are just so dear and so kind. And it comes out that he has been in the ministry for like 60 years. Whoa. 
So we're doing the math and we're like, no, he's not our age. He's older than us. And then he starts talking about great grandkids. And it was just like, finally, Davis goes, I have to ask you, how old are you? And he said, 86. <gasps> and I'm sitting there. So this is before my birthday. So I'm 57 now. I was only 56 at the time, which, by the way, at my age is a big deal. It's a big so, deal. I hear you. <laughs> we have, I told Davis after they got up and left, I said, I think that this conversation has changed my life. Mm. What if I live for another 30 years? I want to do something. I don't want to rock away on some front porch. I do not want to sit in some recliner. I do not want to collect dust or anything else. I want to do something. And I think that was a huge, I mean, I've never been somebody who thought, oh, sign me up for retirement, right? Yeah, yeah. But that was like, I want to do that. I want to be that agile. I want to be that intelligent. I want to be that engaged. I want to be that contributing person in my community, in my church, in my neighborhood, in my family, because I take seriously the next 30 years of my life. And so if you're listening to this and you're facing launching your kids, this isn't the end. This is like the beginning. So like, what are you going to do with that? And what I've decided, my little mantra is, I want to be part of the solution. And I know, Heidi, that's why you ran for office. I mean, all jokes aside, you and I share this. I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. I can define, I can articulate, I can pinpoint, I can underscore, I can highlight the problem. I am clear on the problem. (laughs) I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to sit around and whine about it all the time. I want to do something about it. And I think that's the bandwagon we could all stand to get on. Just God, what part of the solution do you want me to be? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And it was uh, years ago. I don't remember if I told you this or not, but uh, years and years ago when I met Dr. Dobson for the first time, hmm. he I was nervous, you know, to try to – and I could tell he was trying to like, you know, trying to, I don't know, settle my nerves or something. And so he just randomly goes, hey, what do you think about retirement? Um, and I mean, I looked down. I think I might have been pregnant with Sydney. And I said, uh, well, it's nowhere in my future. I can tell you. He said it's, no, it's in no future for any child of God. Yeah, I it's, agree. He said, you stay on the battlefield until the Lord takes you home. Amen. You stay active. You keep moving. You you know, and this, this culture that we live in that so glorifies retirement, you know, reach yeah. a certain age, get yourself a house on the golf course and just, you know, uh, take up crochet is not anywhere in scripture, you know, no, it's really and not. also boring, you know. So uh, I just think I love that. I love that the Lord's doing that in your yeah. in your life. And it gives you a sense of purpose. And I think even really important to try to sort of, you know, you spend a couple of years, I think, just reeling from the change because the change is a big, it's such a big it's change. Huge. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let, forget about the fact that you just being a woman is, is a lot. <laughs> That's <laughs> another know? podcast, honey. We can't get into that one on Come this one. On. I'm just here to tell you that might be a series, but That's yeah. That's a series, but it's a lot. And so women are dealing with a lot and then mm-hmm. you've got you know, your, your kids leave. And I think, boy, keep your eye on the horizon yeah. because God's got something he wants you to do. And you guys, yeah. you know, just born for this time. And, uh, and it, I mean, we can rejoice that our kids walk with yeah. the Lord, right? That's yeah. kind of the, the main thing. Um, and then yeah. keeping, keeping their eyes, uh, you know, on the Lord. And that's what you've done. You really yeah. have. Hey, I am, I'm out of time for today, but can I get you back for a few minutes for happy hour? Because I got a couple of, of questions I want to ask you. Yeah. And uh, and I wanted to kind of jump into uh, another little aspect of motherhood that I know you're going to 
I know, I know you'll resonate with. But Rachel, where can people find you online? Uh, RachelCarmen.com. And I also have a podcast, The Real Refreshment Podcast. So those are the two places you can find us. And then Davis and I do a podcast called Let's Talk Homeschool. So you can find us in those places. And also, obviously, at Apologia.com. At Apologia.com. Rachel Carmen, you are just a delight and a treasure and a sister to me. And I just thank you for coming on and talking about this. You had me in tears half the time. Like it's it's tough, (laughs) tough stuff. So I appreciate it. It is tough. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You guys have more information on my guest today. I'm going to link back to all things Rachel Carmen and Apologia in the show notes. Uh, Take some time to get to know this wonderful woman. She is speaking at conferences. She's several books she's written and she is going to be a delight. So go check it out. If you guys, or subscribe to the Heidi St. John podcast. Stick around because Rachel's going to join me for happy hour and you know we're going to have us some girlfriend fun. So come back for that and don't forget coming up you guys, Phil Gunger is going to be here at Firmly Planted Family for Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, February 16th and 17th and also I will be doing my women's conference Shine the first weekend in March. March 1 and 2 registration for both those events is open right now. You can find out more at firmlyplantedfamily.org and Heidi St. John. We love you guys, love your people well, and I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.